Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to the Behind the Business Show with your host, Ryan Drake. This podcast is my attempt at documenting the real-life learnings and lessons of growing and scaling businesses. Each week, we'll peel back the layers of what it truly takes to scale and give you the insights and tools you need to take your business to the next level. No fluff, no filler, just pure unfiltered access to the minds that make businesses blow up or bust. Let's get down to business. All right, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Business. Today I'm joined by a recent friend of mine, Lewis Huckstep, uh, all the way from the Gold Coast, so just down the road. And Lewis is a high performance and fulfillment coach, a former gym owner and manager. Um, and the conversations that Lewis and I have had over the last couple of weeks around clients delivery purpose is what I'd love to dive in to with you today. Um, but Lewis, for those who are just learning about you today, how else would you describe the work that you do with people? Firstly, thank you for, for having me on. And uh, I was meant to connect with this beautiful man, Ryan, but he bailed on a, uh, a birthday dinner. So I didn't have the opportunity to connect with him in person, but I hold, I hold him to that. Um, look, it's, I, I think it, it's, it's hard to describe what it is that I do without um, sort of experiencing it and doing it. But I guess for the people that are new to me and new to my world, I'm, I, love, I love blending, like we were talking about before we click record, I love blending the spiritual and the commercial. It's, I find on in the coaching world, you've got your sort of uh, on one end of the spectrum, you've got your very heavy business coaches who are very systems processes, sales marketing, and generally they have a lot of money, but a lot of them are very burnt out, unfulfilled, and are just sort of chasing the mirage of money that never makes them happy, and they think that's what will make them happy. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got your your spiritual healers who will have robes on, they'll be staging everywhere, and they'll be levitating all day, but they generally don't have much money to pay their bills. And for me. It's, but they're generally very fulfilled and very abundant. And for me, I, I believe it's both. It's it's being able to have a life that you actually love, that fulfills you, that's on your terms, and you're not attached to any external things to validate who you are as a person, a man, a woman, a business owner, a, 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 an entrepreneur, a, a mother, a father. And it's actually, yeah, just being your truest, authentic self. That's a, that's a lot of work that I do with my clients. It's dissolving whatever limitations that we pick up throughout our upbringing, the I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, I can't do this, success is hard, I'm only worthy if I've got a, a certain dollar in my bank account or a title next to my name or certain assets behind me or whatever it is, whatever you think is going to make you happy and that's just the ego, that's not the authentic you. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a very commercial guy, I'm a very practical, very, very structured guy. I was blessed with the gift of autism and ADHD and Asperger's. Asperger's and autism are in the same bucket now, but um, Asperger's is the, 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 the gift that I've got. So I am a very structured person where I am about systems and processes and having cash flow and having KPIs and, and actually achieving. I'm not just, like I said, I'm a, a hippie over here just levitating all day. Like I was building out a mastermind, I was building this out my morning, office, right? I was building out my... my uh... <laughs> yeah, I use deodorant. Yes, I do. I don't... Uh, I, I am a human being. So, um, but for me, it's just, it's integrating those, those two worlds and it's, yeah, having... Uh, for anyone that's ever seen my content, I do do a fair bit of content on relationships. And the reason I do that is um, a, a lot of people relate to it and can resonate with it. And 
the for me the way i view things is a relationship is a magnifying glass for the inner work that you haven't done and it reveals the constraints the buttons the traumas the wounds and it's those same limitations or trauma or wounds or um i guess resistance that you have that's what's showing up in your business because if you're getting easily triggered by your team or your clients or the stress or the pressure Life never triggers you. Life just reveals what's inside of you. And if you can use that awareness and that gift of, hey, look, I've got triggered here. There's something for me to heal through, to integrate, to process. You lean into that and actually do that, then you have more freedom and therefore more access to who you truly are. And that's why I think in your introduction, you said uh, access, potential and fulfillment by you actually dissolving and removing who you're not, you're left with who you are. It's like I always use children. It's like you've, I've never met a baby where the first words they say is I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. It's like I've never met that. I've never met a child that does that. And if they were to say that, that's not them. That's the parents or that's the upbringing. That's the environment that they're in. Majority of children, if they're brought up in a safe environment and haven't had too much, quote, trauma just yet, they can be an astronaut, an athlete, a business owner, a model, a celebrity. They can do anything. They're, they're, they've got limitless potential but it's the programming and the limitations and the ego and the trauma is the meaning that we decide from things which become our reality and become our world but it also becomes our glass ceiling and so for me the work that i'm doing is identifying that glass ceiling that people don't see you can't see the forest through the trees so i'm just shining a light on people i'm obviously teaching as well teaching is uh, i use coaching as the word but teaching is probably my favorite thing it is definitely my favorite thing to do hence why i'm on this podcast right now so yeah, it's just bringing a level of awareness and consciousness to people to become the best, authentic, fully expressed version of themselves to build a thriving business, to also have a beautiful, intimate, thriving relationship and just to have a fucking beautiful life. That's that's pretty much what I do. Man, I love all of that. I think it's so timely we're having this conversation because literally just before uh, we were recording this, I was talking to my mastermind clients about the same thing is is life isn't experienced externally it is internally generated so when your lover is grabbing your hand you are experiencing yourself in that moment and understanding that that actually becomes an edge if you can master how to view and um utilize emotions and also the stories that we tell ourselves to be fuel rather than uh, necessarily being this thing that then causes us to, to break down or to, you know, be absolutely over-consumed by emotions that we effectively become useless. You know, it can take us out of the game of life yeah. sometimes if we're, if we're not attuned to how we're feeling. Um, and I loved what you said about relationships too, because I think business and re your relationship with your partners and friends are not operating in silos, right? There's, there's things that transfer between, I, I personally believe that business is an extension. It's not your whole life, but it's an extension then of, of what is then occurring in your, in your personal life. And that shows up in your leadership and Hey, then, uh, manage people, teams, set the pace for culture transformation with who you serve. What would you say is some of the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs face then in their relationships? Yeah, beautiful. Uh, look, look, just to sort of mirror what you just said, 
definitely I agree. Like your culture, your team, your leadership is a fully expression. It's an extension of who you are. So I absolutely agree to what it is that you said. If you're if you're if if you've got a shit team, it's like that's you. You hired them, you you've trained them, it's your your you've decided not to fire them. So um I think the bigger like your we live out our wounds and we uh, and when I say wounds, you can think trauma, limitations, pain, or whatever sort of word you want to insert there. But the our life and what we live out, especially as entrepreneurs, is our entrepreneurs, we build businesses or we build lives to express what our wounds are. So I teach purpose with my clients and, and for, for people online as well, uh, that your core purpose is an expression of your biggest core wound. So generally, whatever business you're building, not all the time, this is where I like helping people build purpose-led businesses because you can make money doing it, obviously, so many different types of businesses and depends on the purpose of building that business. Are you building it purely just to make money, to pay your lifestyle, to live a great life? That's great. But for people who are building a more purpose-led business, so I'll speak to those entrepreneurs, then your business is an expression of whatever your core wound is. So if you were, like for me, my biggest, my bigger core wounds were not feeling seen, not feeling heard, not feeling accepted, not feeling loved, not feeling safe. So I had a lot of emotional wounds. I was very cryy, upset, snotty, emotional kid. And my biggest wound was not having the mentor that I needed, not having the father figure that I needed, the coach that I needed, the guide that I needed. And now my purpose is to expand and raise consciousness or heal and heal and expand consciousness. And you can see that's now the business that I'm building. And those same wounds show up in my relationship. It's like when I'm not seen, it's like uh, if my partner doesn't acknowledge when I say something, like I ask her something, she ignores me and it triggers me. It's like it's those same things that are showing up. So I think it's it's hard to answer that question across the board because everyone has their own unique wounds. They have their own unique unique experiences, their own unique upbringings. I'd say a common wound of entrepreneurs is around wealth. Um, it can be wealth. Some people don't give a shit about wealth. You uh, you maybe had a lot of money growing up and you just enjoy entrepreneurship for the game of entrepreneurship. Uh, but for a lot of people, um, they want to get into business for freedom and for money. They're generally two sort of core driving things. Um, until you, uh, until you again, you get it, and then it's like maybe that's not all there is. That might be the mirage that you then okay, well now I've made a million bucks, ten million bucks, and I'm still not that happy. Okay, well what's your true purpose? And then you maybe come work with me, and that's when you sort of get into my world of things. So I would say I guess the mo- most common ones in entrepreneurs specifically probably around wealth because that's probably why they got in there, probably around freedom, having the freedom of being able to do what it is that they want to do. Maybe they didn't have wealth growing up or maybe their parents were really restrictive to them. They were saying, you had to do this, you've got to do this, you can't do this. And it's kind of like, well, that was painful for me. Now I want freedom because I haven't had it before. So there's probably some um, some sort of common ones. Uh, But for people that are living a purpose-led, you feel like your business is truly your passion and you really love it and you're really inspired by it, I guarantee you that business at some level is expressing your core wound. So again, maybe it's around, say, um, you're building a fashion business for like girls' confidence. I would I would lean into what was your confidence like growing up? What's your self-love like growing up? What was your self-image like growing up? Because I guarantee you, if that's your, if that's the purpose of the business and that's what love, that's what you love and that's what lights you up, there's some wounds there from you and you're expressing that through your business and that's your way of, I guess, filling that void. So yeah, hard to answer it across the board. Um, I try to give a sort of general answer just then, but yeah, probably around wealth, probably around freedom, 
um, probably around being enough. I see that a lot as well. I'll probably slip that one in there as well. There's, I, I've, I've got a, a fair few clients at the moment. Um, I've got one in particular who I'm working with and like, he's done very, very well financially. Like He's got tens of millions of dollars in his bank account and he's a very, very driven guy. And you look at from the outside looking in, he's a very healthy, fit dude, got a lot of cash, doing very well. And th- this is the thing that really fascinates me and why I guess inner healing work can be a little bit slippery to play with is a, a trauma or a wound can have two expressions. It can have an active expression or a passive expression. So say someone believes they got told they're not enough. Their parents said, you're useless, you're a loser, you never amount to anything. Or maybe their parents said that or their siblings said that or society said that to them. And they've downloaded the belief of the ego that they're not worthy or they're not enough. So you can have a passive expression of that is where you actually believe that and you become that. You become uh, underachiever. You don't put yourself out there. You just work a job that's safe and secure. Or your entrepreneurs will have the active expression where it's I'm going to achieve so many fucking things to prove to everyone else, including myself, that I am enough. But the challenge of that is you're still operating out of that same fundamental loss or perceived loss or wound that you're not enough. And that's why it becomes an unfill of a void. That becomes the mirage you'll never get. You think the million dollars will make you enough when that's not true. And this is, some people take this to an extreme, being it's like, okay, well, if I heal through my stuff, will I not want to do anything? I've never met anyone once you've healed your shit, just wants to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. It's what's the fuel behind your action? Are you making decisions and taking action out of inspiration or desperation out of authenticity or out of woundedness and that's the it's just the feel behind it because the i'm going to achieve all of this and have all of these statuses and all these cars all these women and all of whatever external things you want to choose um uh, you want to choose and you think that's going to make you enough you're never going to get there because the truth is you are enough you were born enough you just downloaded the limitation that you're not so the game the game I play again is, okay, well, where are you not free? Where is there resistance? Where is there judgment on yourself or others or the world? Let's dissolve that, rewrite that, and then allow you to be fully embodied who you are right now, then chase your goals, then do your shit, then do make some money, do whatever you want to do, and you'll do it with more ease. You'll do it with less friction, with less judgment, with less, it's just, it's just fucking exhausting. Like you see all these people, like they've got so much fucking money and they're so stressed and so tense. And it's like, they're always having to be on. It's like, fuck, chill out, man. Like you've done well. And the thing is like, I know um, you're obviously be familiar with Alex Lamozzi. He uses um, the time horizon example all the time. Like if you spread, if you zoom out long enough, nothing matters. Like if you think your cars, your houses, your property, your wealth matters, zoom out, a hundred years, a thousand years, 10,000 years, a million years, nothing matters. Like nothing you achieve matters. So do it out of love, do it out of passion, do it out of purpose, not out of, I need to prove to the world how good I am because I believe deep down that I'm not good enough. Mate, there is like so many nuggets of, of gold in what you just said. It's, it's so interesting. Um, I mean, even those guys, Alex Hormozzi and Gary Vaynerchuk in the last nine months or so have openly said uh, about their insecurities. Liver King came out and admitted all of these uh, these things that his body was an expression then of not being enough. And so he wanted to build this $100 million business to give himself significance and worth. That's what drove him. Um and and understanding this, I think you know what you really can touch on is the 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 core wound. I think 
which is interesting and, and I probably see this more expressed in entrepreneurship as well is this sense of the, the, the core in being unworthiness, right? And um, therefore shame becomes a motivator. So shame is then the motivator to, to prove other people wrong. Like you said, the active expression of this because you can have two people like siblings come from the same family with the same upbringing one turns out depressed and on drugs, you know, going down a different pathway. And then the other turns all of that into to fuel for a magnificent life. And it's really interesting just to know yourself around those motivators because, like you said, this unfulfillable, unfulfillable void um, is very common. And over the last, what, five years, we have seen countless lives being ended early of you know, celebrities, movie stars, athletes, etc., who've decided that all of the stuff materially in the bank account, the fame, the Instagram followers, none of that was then connected to, you know, fulfillment. I'm making a generalization, but, um, yeah, they, the and, and, and yet <laughs> it still doesn't stop the pursuit of it. Doesn't it? It's like Jim, did you, have you seen that clip of um, Jim Carrey coming out and saying, I want everyone to experience fame to know that actually that's not what you're chasing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree with it, man. And I think just a caveat on this is it's like uh, most people start with, I guess, that fuel of shame, anger, fuck you, mum and dad, or whoever it may be, I'm going to prove you wrong type of thing. And don't get me wrong, it's a good start. Like, and it's probably you probably need it to get through that um, the the valley of despair that um, I'm sure you're familiar with of the sort of cycles of business where you've got that what, uninformed optimist and the informed skeptic, and then you're like the valley of despair. Holy fuck! It's like you probably need a little bit of that. Like, fuck, I'm gonna push through this pain to do so. So it, it definitely has a time and place. I used it. Like, that's what got me to three gyms at 23. But I went through then. Okay, I've got these gyms. I had on my Instagram bio. Uh, three times gym owner at 23 just to make how show the world how fucking good I am, right? Because I was so insecure and unfulfilled internally. And it's like, but then I was obviously doing my work and my, as in my inner work, my healing and all my good stuff. And it's like, okay, fuck, none of this matters. It's like, like great, I'm, I'm making some money. We're making some revenue. I've got some quote status and some titles next to my name, but it's like, it's not really feeling that void, right? It's not, well, I'm still still fucking stressed. I'm still fucking anxious. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still not that happy. It's like, okay, well, what is my purpose? What actually lights me up? What's my vision? What's life on my terms look like? And if I was to design my dream day, my dream week based on my values, based on my purpose, based on me doing whatever I'm inspired to do, what would that be? What would that look like? Okay, and then why don't I just build a business that either allows me to do that, as in I love teaching, so I'm going to build a teaching business or a coaching business in my sense, or is it, okay, let's just build a business that is just commercially sound, which is just going to give you cash flow for you to do whatever the fuck you want every day. It might be to hang out with your kids. You just want to be a stay-at-home parent and be with your kids all day. Awesome. So it's like, uh, it, I guess the point of that is it does play, play its part. Like most people will start there because some people then use the excuse of, I don't know what my purpose is, so I'm not going to do anything. Well, no, you take action, you figure it out. You, t you Like Gary Vee says this a lot, like try ice creams, like try different ice cream flavors. So 
like you gotta try the flavors like i went to um when i was when i first started the gym journey i went to my old school it was funny i graduated my school and then the next year i came back i was a teacher right at, at my school so yeah, that was right. quite funny um so i was like kids i literally graduated with the um the year before so like i went there because i thought teaching was it and there's but i was like teaching shit i didn't care about like mass and english and shit so i want to talk about consciousness i want to talk about healing i want to talk about intimacy around sex around money around business around growth around like all this stuff it's like it's like i tasted it and it's like oh it's kind of good but i didn't enjoy picking up rubbish at lunch duty that wasn't very fun so it's yeah just don't use it as an excuse start with what you've got uh uh Homozi says use what you've got if you've got anger fucking use it you got shame fucking use it just know that it does not last long term it is it's it that that motivation source has an expiry date on it so at some point like you'll see a lot of people they'll transition to okay i've got money now and i'm not i'm not that happy yet it's like the the fuel source and the okay i'm going to figure out what i love now and what lights me up hopefully unless they go down like you said the the people that get addicted to drugs they go in and out of rehab and they're just depressed and it's like even though they've got all the status outside looking in they've got the money they've got the achievements they've done they've done everything um what's his name rowan williams is probably the ultimate example of that like i go i did a podcast i referenced him i think he had like it was 50 to 100 plus million dollars in assets by the, when he took his own life. And it's like he'd won all these awards for every category that he was in. It's like he was at the top of his game in terms of achievement. And obviously, I didn't know the man, but it's like he clearly made everyone happy besides himself. It's like, what was it that he wasn't fulfilling? Where was the unhealed stuff? Where was the, what was his purpose? And yeah, anyways, that's, um, yeah, I could talk about this shit all day. Have you, I hope that made sense. Lewis, have you seen, um, the Bernie Madoff documentary on Netflix. I have not. No. So, so Madoff, uh, for those listening, basically the largest uh, financial scam in history over a 30 year period funneled billions and billions of dollars. He, Bernie Madoff, had his own professional. Business on Wall Street was well respected, was in with politicians and, and, and government officials and was influencing policy. But on the side, he had a pyramid scheme funneling money that um, was from retail investors, mom and pops, over a 30-year period. And his comments in court by the end of it was, I just wanted to make other people happy. I was so scared of not um, not being able to deliver on that. And so a gentleman who had already been res- well-respected and I think it was upwards of, I can, I'm going to get this wrong, but $90 billion, some wow. astronomical figure um, that was just scammed. And all that would happen is more money came in to pay previous investors in the business. And I thought to myself, wow, imagine the pressure of keeping up that lie or that appearance, the mask, the facade, like you said earlier, for 30 years of your life. It's it's quite wild to me to think about. Um, and so, Lewis, I, wanna, I want to bring it back to something you mentioned. You said you changed your Instagram bio uh, to reflect that you had these three three gyms that you owned at 23 and 
What was a turning point for you to connect in with understanding, hey, that actually didn't fulfill you? Mm. Um, I think the I got taught this from my NLP co- uh, teacher that I did about five years ago, which is probably around the same time. Um, but life throws you pebbles. If you don't listen, it will throw you boulders. If you don't listen, it will th- give you a brick wall. And I'll add another one on there. If you don't listen to that, it'll fucking give you a bomb. <laughs> it'll just, it'll, like life is, and some people need that. It's kind of like with your health, people don't look after their health and then they get like some, some pins and needles down their arm, loss of breath, have a bit of a cough, they struggle to sleep and then they have a heart attack. And it's like that, oh fuck, now it's time to fucking get my shit together, right? So I think I had my a couple of pebbles and then a couple of boulders and a couple of brick walls of my own come come my way and it was just like just having I like just honestly laying down in bed and be like fuck I, I've got to get up and do this all over again like I was at I got I found screenshots because I was putting it all over my Instagram to show you how hard working I was to everyone obviously to show you how good I was and I'd um I would literally wake up at about three thirty because we take early morning classes at the gym I'd take the classes uh work all throughout the day. I wouldn't eat any food because I'd fast all day because I needed to keep my energy high. And because I had like no money because the business was like breaking even. So I was like living off nothing. Uh, and then I would take the class at the end of the night, pack up, get home. I'd go through Macca's drive through or Hungry Jack's drive through, grab a ton of food just to get as many calories into me as possible for the littlest amount of money that I could spend. And then go to bed and do it all over again. I'll get to sleep around 11 o'clock. So I was having between three and a half to four, sometimes five hours of sleep per night. And it's like, there's just some nights like, fuck, I got to do this again. Fuck, I got to do this again. Fuck, I, I like this. There's got to be more. It's like, is this me for the rest? Is this the the path of this? Is this the hamster wheel I've built myself as a business owner? Um, so that was some of the pebbles, I guess, that I was getting thrown. Um, I hit a breaking point with my with the businesses. Um, so I remember this. Um, I I remember this this day because very challenging for me. Uh, so. Uh, the business because i had the three but like these they were built on sand like they were very un i guess professionalized businesses like if it wasn't it was if it wasn't for me there would be no business there and anyway so we'll just we're hitting a bit of a breaking point um like team members were leaving because i i had a business partner and he was very like tyrannical to me but then i was the one dealing with the like the employees and i was like being the messenger for him like i wanted to do things differently but he said no you can't do that we have to fire this person we need to find someone else instead of like nurturing and growing which is my nature to actually work with and help grow someone rather than just say fuck you we'll find someone else to do it instead which was kind of his attitude uh and anyways this business was just sort of struggling it was starting to shake and it hit a bit of a breaking point and i just I, I remember we found a buyer, so we decided to sell this business. And uh, we found a buyer, um, and we went through the whole due diligence. This took about six months. He signed the sale agreement, so the sale agreement was uh, signed and ready to go. And then I got a phone call. I think two days out of the cooling day, cooling off period finishing. So we had two days until I guess it was um, uh, non-conditional or whatever it's called. And he just called me and said, "Hey man, look, I've got all. The, I've now looked into the business. This business is fucked, essentially, and we're pulling out of the deal. And yeah, we're not doing this. And I remember I just broke down in tears. I was like, this is fucked. I can't do this. Like it was like it was kind of my like my lifeline had been taken off because I was waking up every. I was having such little sleep, just hustle, 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 hustle. Sleep when you're dead was my attitude. And it's like I I found like a bit of a lifeline to take some pressure off me." And then, yeah, then have that. I literally, I remember I just broke down into tears 
and I just started crying. I'm like, fuck, how can I get out of this? Like, this is, this is, I don't know what to do. And so I called my business partner at that said business because we were 50-50 and he was the one that was like controlling me through the business. And he just said, hey man, this has happened. He just pulled out and a bit of silence. He's like, what do you want to do? And I said, man, I don't want to do this anymore. You can have the business. So I just literally transferred, gave my shares away. Didn't It was probably worth about 150 grand, give or take. I literally just gave them to him and said, man, I can't do this. I'm not doing this. So that was probably more of a boulder for me. Um, and then... It was when I really dived into John D. Martini's work, if you're familiar with his work, and started to learn value, started to learn purpose, started to learn vision, started to really get clear on this. And I'd heard of the turns, but I just hadn't been taught it to the depth that John does teach, if anyone's familiar with his work. And just really dived into that and just really got clear on, okay, well, what is my purpose? Like, what do I truly love? And now I've got two gyms, gone from three back down to two. It's like, well, now I'm here. I've got these two gyms. I had another business partner at one of them, which that didn't work out. And I've got this one that I own to myself. I could keep doing these gyms and keep building them or I could actually make the decision that I'm going to go find my, not not find my purpose because I got clear, clear on it. So I'm going to make a decision to pursue it and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to a point where I get to do my purpose and live my purpose day in, day out, which is to uh, heal and expand consciousness, which is the coaching that I do. And I just made a decision I'm going to get there. And then my other business partner wanted to sue the franchise because the franchise was was starting to fall over, and then I, I was stuck between like okay, and there was a, this, there was actually a moment where it's like she wanted to get out, and she offered to sell it back to me, and I'm like hmm, okay, I've been doing this for seven years now. Do I jump back into the seat again and go build this gym back up and have another have this asset? It was more the ego though was fighting that. It was like a good ego conversation. It's like fuck, I went from no gyms to three gyms. I've gone down to two. I'm going to go back down to one. And my ego was like, fuck. I was really like, what are people going to think of me? I'm going to look like a failure. I'm not going to look like I'm enough. I'm going to look like I'm whatever. But it's like, well, fuck that. What do I actually want to do? I could jump back in here and another six, 12 months, build this up, hire someone else, get out of it and then keep going. But it's like, what's it worth to me? What's, what, is it worth the extra whatever money you make per week? Which maybe you could argue that. But what do I love? What do I want to do? And I just made a decision intuitively. I actually did a plant medicine session to actually really sink into this question because it was challenging for me. Um, I'm into psychedelics. Surprise, surprise. Anyone that just sort of picked up what I just said. So did a plant uh, medicine ceremony to really dive deep into it. And yeah, just it was like instantly, as soon as I asked the question, it's like the answer was straight away. It's like, you know what to do. You know what you want to do. You're just looking for permission to do what you want to do. And so anyways, sold that business actually sold that one didn't give that one away so i sold that one and i then already had the third one which i still have um we're literally selling it i signed the sale agreement uh last week we're just waiting for the assignment of lease to happen so by the time this podcast gets released it'll probably be sold um, thank you man it's been um yeah, 10 year 10 year chapter uh finally closed which i'm really grateful for so um but yeah th- those were some of the i guess there's not i don't believe there's ever just one moment that completely shifts i believe there's many pebbles or many brick walls that people go through and those were just some of them for me and uh, a lot more in between those and yeah i just said i don't care what it takes i'll do whatever it takes i'm going to get to a point where i am living my purpose and doing what i love and giving my gift to the world and it took me about a year from that moment of actually deciding to uh do it to selling the second one because the third one was already under management or the other one was under management already and and profitable which is great and so yeah so fast forward so then i was 24 20 i think i was 24 25 it was the year i turned 25 um and i was now completely removed from a business it uh i did an hour there per week just with the the management team just had a management review of like kpis systems processes how we're doing and obviously energetically leadership innovation all that stuff 
uh, and yeah, had a, a proper business on, on the balance sheet that was paying me a hundred grand a year or about 150, 200 grand a year. And yeah, and then it gave me all that time and space and freedom to do what I do now and obviously monetizing what I'm doing now as well. I love that. And how did you, how did you land on understanding that you wanted to teach and help raise consciousness? Like how, how did you land on that purpose? Because I think you said, which I found really interesting, that you knew that that's what you actually wanted to, to do, but you also had the gyms going at the same time. How do you discover that for yourself in terms of, okay, this is, this is my calling. Was it pre-gym life? Was it some other awakening that you went through for yourself or realization? Yeah. Um, I would say when I got into John's work, um, when, I, mm-hmm. when he teaches values, he teaches purpose and a couple other coaches that teach it as well and other mentors that I've worked with as well. And um, your purpose is, an, I was, as I was referring to earlier in the podcast, is your purpose is an expression of your biggest core wound. For me, it was the lack of mentorship, lack of guide because I was so emotional, I was so autistic, I was so I struggled with social settings, I struggled learning, I I, I just struggled in uh, I guess being, knowing how to act, what to do, mm-hmm. how to grow, how to evolve, how to how to live life essentially, and. I didn't have that father figure that I had. I, I do have a father. I love my dad. I, we've grown a lot closer um, in the in the past sort of twenty four months. But like growing up, it was really that was my biggest void. Not having the emotional safety and the actual mentorship and the communication and the and the guidance that I really needed. So that's my biggest core wound. So whatever your biggest, so your, your values come from your biggest voids. Your voids are your biggest vo- perceived voids, pains, or just whatever cha- was challenging for you. So your, so if you had pain around wealth, for example, which again, a lot of entrepreneurs probably do or probably did. It's like you didn't have money growing up. Money was painful for you. So you will do whatever it takes to not feel that pain anymore. So then you value wealth. So you're going to figure out how to make money. So I had a lot of pain around mentorship, guidance, father figures, and having that mental role. And so that's my biggest core wound out of all the other ones so my expression of that is a coaching mentorship teaching style and the way i've articulated it is like well what specifically was that wound for me from that mentorship i was a very emotional kid i cried a lot i still cry for a bit as well i cry with my clients and i i really struggle with the consciousness of how to actually regulate my emotions how to heal through my trauma and through my pain so those were my bigger wounds within that, like to sort of go maybe a, a layer deeper into that. And so by healing that, and this is why you heal, your your traumas are your greatest gifts once you've healed them. And that's the, the caveat to that. Until you heal them, it triggers you. And that's mm-hmm. where your, your triggers are your gifts from the sense of they're revealing the chink in the armor of where the wound is. So then you can lean into it and heal it. And once it heal it, it becomes your strength. Greater the pain, greater the purpose greater the wounds, greater the wisdom. So my biggest pain or biggest void, biggest trauma, biggest wound was my dad, was my father figure or lack thereof. And my pain within that was the consciousness, the love, the healing, the safetyness. And the way I've articulated it is to heal and expand consciousness, to help people heal. That's why I do a lot of inner work, transformation, healing, finding your purpose and expansion of consciousness is being aware of your purpose, being aware of your values, being aware of your vision. And then the commercial side of me kicks in. Okay, well, how much money do you need to earn that life and to live that life? What vehicle are you going to use? What business model are you going to use to do so? What's the business plan? What's the five-year plan? 
three year, two year, 12 month, quarter, month, week, day. What's your systems? What's your resources? How are you generating income? What's your leads, sales, blah, 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 blah. And then the sort of, the sort of commercial part of me kicks into it. Um, so yeah, that's where my biggest void was with, was with that. So again, dad was my greatest gift. I wouldn't be the, the mentor and, and, the, and the person and the, just who I am today if it wasn't for him. And for that, I'm very grateful for him. And that's where doing the inner work is, I, I think, so important. I love that. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing. And I think it was really in, in, inspiring, but also insightful to understand the articulation from somebody else for us to then be able to reflect on it for ourselves and, and think like, okay, well, what is, yeah. what is my core wound? What is the driver? What is the motivator? Um, I think one of the things that you and I bond over as well in our, in our conversations is around this link to purpose and making sure that it is coming from an intrinsic place. Like you said, we often do start from having some other external fuel source, the, the thing that gets us going, uh, but it's not often the thing that then continues to sustain us forever because that can be exhausting and, and we can find ourselves in a place of burnout. I think that is definitely very common within the entrepreneurial space too, as we foot on the gas for too long. Um, if you're running on something external to yourself, then yeah, unless that's replenished, it's really easy to just um, find yourself in the season of exhaustion. Um, how did you get So you obviously found your values through John's work and, and I guess understanding that a little bit more and, and making some really key decisions in your life too around what you were doing. What was that early stage like in terms of building up your business? Now, for those who don't follow Lewis on Instagram, would we put you in the influencer category of a couple hundred thousand followers? But <clears throat> I'd love to know what was that early process like in terms of building your coaching business? How'd you find it? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful question, man. And um, it was actually challenging and it was a block that uh, I probably stopped me from getting into it earlier because the uh, I, was, I was part of a franchise. So the gym, I've, I've said that word a couple of times. So I, the gyms were a part of a franchise where they obviously supply with you with systems and processes and clarity and structure to then going into my own business where I had none of that. It was actually quite quite hard for me because it's like, okay, well, what do I do? It's like, I'm by myself. I don't have anyone helping me now. And it was, it was actually a lot of fear of doing that. So I kind of had like the, um, I guess, a fresh a fresh start of an entrepreneur, even though I had like the skills of the marketing sales and the leadership side. Now it's like, fuck, I've got no, how do I build a business model now? Because I've never had to do it. Um, so that was actually challenging, um, to be honest with you. So the first 12 months, and I've only been doing it for about a year and a half. So the first 12 months of doing this, I just tasted different business models. Like I saw, I'm a huge modeler, like Tony Robbins says, I like turn decades into dates and I'm a big modeler. So I found like someone like Lewis Mocker who um, runs like an online mastermind style. I found like, obviously see how Tony Robbins does it, how he has like event into an event, to an event, to an event. I did Cohen Ray's mastermind for three years um, where he does events into events into a mastermind. Uh, I saw people doing like 10 week challenges. I saw people doing weekend events. I saw people doing small groups. I saw people doing one-on-ones and I was like, fuck, well, I don't actually know what type of business model I want to build. Um, and so now since learning that myself, the three key things that I find with any business model, it needs to make sure it has the impact that you actually are inspired to have. Like some people just love in-person events. They just love it. It's like gets their fucking soul going and it's just, they love it. They love the essence, the environment and the energy of it. And they'll never stop doing it. Kind of like Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins loves that and you can never get him to stop doing that until his body is going to give out on him, which 
maybe soon because it's obviously kicking on a little bit now. Um, some people love online. Some people love being behind a screen. And I do do that. Like a lot of my stuff is online, um, but I do like the in-person, which is why I'm moving towards in-person events soon. So what impact do you want? So what impact actually lights you up? How do you want to give your gift, your purpose, commercialize your purpose and give it to the world? How do you want to actually do that? What lifestyle is it going to allow you? So a big block I had around Kerwin Ray and I love Kerwin Ray. He came on my podcast and he's a fucking legend. Love Kerwin. And I did his mastermind for three years. And something I had a block around doing like what he does is the key person risk of what he does. Like he's on stage all the time. He actually had a stroke recently and when he was out, out of action for 12 months, his business had a huge pause for 12 months because he physically couldn't get on stage. So it's like that business model was very key person risk. It was very reliant on him. So I didn't like the lifestyle it would give me because I want to travel. I work from home a lot. I want to be able to just work when I want to, not because I have to. And I know that'd be huge within the entrepreneur world. So I didn't want to build a trap. I didn't want to build a business model that I didn't actually enjoy doing. Um, and then three, the scalability of like how much income can you earn? So for example, I do one-on-one coaching. So that is one of my services I do offer, but there's only so much you can make. You know, obviously always just increase your prices, increase your prices, but there's limited scale with that because it's your trading time. It's like one hour session with someone. There's only so many people you can help. So that also ties into how many people, how much impact you want to have, I should say. Um, so what's the scalability of that business model as well? So fulfillment, uh, like as in sorry what impact do you love having what lifestyle do you want to have and what scalability does the business model facilitate so those were the three things i was looking for for my business model so i tried like an in-person uh sorry a online weekend event i enjoyed that I've, <coughs> excuse me i've always been doing one-on-one clients so i don't see myself ever stopping doing that um because it's always good to um sharpen the axe and improve my my coaching ability and you do that the most by coaching people. So I do take on one-on-one clients, very exclusive, and I only take on five at any given time. And I'm normally booked out about three months in advance. So that will always probably be there. I don't see myself stopping that. But then I tried like a weekend event and it was okay. But then it's like I had people, I had someone sign up. Um, I did a sales call and they signed up, put down, I think it was like two grand for the event at that time. She put down two grand and she's like, great, when can I get started? I'm like, oh, well, the event, um, here's the dates for the event. Um, we, uh, it's like three months from now. She's like, oh, I, I want the, can I start now? Like, I kind of want, I want the results now. I'm like, well, um, like it's in three months. I, I, had no, I had no answer to that. So I didn't like that you couldn't help anyone at any time at all, all, all times. I didn't like that part of that business model. And time zones as well, because I had people like, a lot of my clients actually are from the States and from overseas. Um, and so people like time zones were a bit challenging to do like a weekend long event. So I ran a couple of those. They were fun, got some cool testimonials out of it, got some good results out of it, but I didn't like the restrictions on that. So I'm like, hmm, don't like that one. So then I went to a Lewis Mocker, if you, um, for people who know Lewis Mocker, he has like a reoccurring revenue model where it's like, I think a hundred bucks, 200 bucks a month, and you just get access to all this content and he keeps adding content. The downside to that, which I didn't like, is it forced me to be the artist. It forced me to do more coaching as in come up with more coaching content rather than refining the content I have and learning and creating because I want to create. Uh, Alex Homoza uses the example of a magician. Like say you and me, Ryan, are magicians and we go out onto a corner and we put on a show and we blow the crowd away. The next day, if, if you go back to the same crowd, you have to come up with a brand new routine to blow that crowd away. So you have to keep creating content to keep your, the business model going. 
versus you, I go to a different crowd with a different audience. I blow them away with the same content and the content will be better because I've refined the content. So I didn't like that part of it. So I tried that. I think I got like 50 people, uh, yeah, about 50 people onto it. So a hundred bucks a month. I tried that, but it's like, then I had to keep retaining them. And it was like forcing me to be an artist, which I didn't want to. I didn't like that part of it. So I didn't like that one. And then I did Sabri Subi. So Sabri Subi uh, is a legend in Australia. Um, one of the sharks on Shark Tank. Uh, he came on my podcast a couple of months ago as well. And I signed up to his his coaching program and I loved it. I signed into his program. I won't share the price of it, but it was over $10,000 to do his program. And I signed in and I got access to all the modules and I was like, and there was no checking calls or there was a couple of checking emails or a couple of things like that. And the content was fucking awesome. I consumed it and the content was great. I'm like, fuck, this is awesome. So he just made over $10,000 off me and there was like no fulfillment cost. It's like there was a sales call. And he just made 10 grand. I'm like, this is epic. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I love it. I've referred many people to him since. I'm like, why don't I just build this model? Just a high ticket online course. And I'm like, well, let's do that. And I've been doing that for about, um, for about eight months or so. And I'm doing average between sort of 30 to, uh, my highest was 95. I had a big month just randomly, but I'm doing between sort of 30 to $95,000 a month doing that. But obviously you obviously find, you obviously break the machine then fix the machine so there's holes in my bucket which we were speaking about off camera as well and so now i'm iterating the next iteration of my business and evolving my business i love the term fix the plane while you fly it so i think there's a i'm in a fixing phase right now so i'm changing my business model i'm running i'm starting in-person events i'm building a paid community as well so yeah that, that was my journey honestly i it was a block because like, i don't know what i'm doing i've got no one helping me anymore i've got to figure this out myself um, so I just like Gary Vee. I just tried different models. I tried the lots of different uh, ice cream flavors. I also tried a ten week challenge in there as well. So I just, yeah, just there's, and there's so many, and that's the thing, and that probably overwhelms some people. But you just got to try, and obviously pay mentors. I read Russell Brunson's trilogy. His trilogy's uh, behind behind me on my little bookshelf, and it's like I was just like learning, learning. It's like there has to be an answer. There's people. This works. It works. There's people. It's working for people. It it, it can work for me. I just need to figure it out, fail, and obviously pay people to tell me what I'm doing wrong and take action. And I've just been doing that for about, yeah, a year and a half now. Um, and I'm fucking loving it. I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon. I'm just building it, refining it, building it, refining it. And um, yeah, that's I, I don't see myself stopping for at least another 50 years, to be honest. So I'm enjoying it so far. Thank you for sharing the journey of actually the experimentation it takes to, I think, find a model that works for you. And this is something I often talk to, to clients about is make sure that you're building a model that sustains your life, not somebody else's dream for your life. And just because it's worked for somebody else doesn't mean that it has to work or should work for you. And often when you join a mastermind or you, you, you follow some other coach, they're giving you a prescription for what they've done. Um, and where they've succeeded. But that doesn't necessarily mean you could take the same systems, the same ideas for content, all of that applied to your business and not have the same results. Probably expect that you wouldn't have the same results anyway. And I think what I notice is lots of people can get frustrated uh, or quit. You know, they give up, they, they, they entertain this, this idea that it's, you know, really hard. I don't want to do this. I'm not seeing the money. And so maybe, maybe this coaching thing isn't for me. You just shared a half dozen different models that you've experimented with in, in 18 months. Mm -hmm. What kept you going when 
you might not have seen that initial success that you perhaps wanted to? What what sustains you in the periods where things might dip or you find it challenging? Beautiful question, man. Um, so look, not to sound like a broken record a little bit, but uh, I was clear on my purpose. It's like I when when you're living objectively in your highest value on purpose, it's like you're willing to overcome whatever problems show up and the problems are just uh, lessons in disguise as you probably heard that. And it's like all of these problems were just opportunities for me to learn how to solve it. It's like, okay, I tried this um, model and it doesn't really fit here. Okay, that's fine. Not for me. I'll, I'll try something else. Who's someone else? Who's another person I can model? I, I can peel from that, pull from that. What's a book I can read? Who's the best in this industry? I'll read that book and I can learn from that. I'll plug that in. Okay, great. I, it's like just... Because I was, I, I'm on purpose now. It's like I'm willing to do. I I told you before this call. I just signed up for another mastermind, literally about two hours ago now, and that's a twenty six thousand dollar mastermind. And I just signed up for that two hours ago because I'm like, great. I've now broken my business. It's like I, I've identified the holes in the bucket, and I need. I'm committed to solving those those holes. And if you got the resources, obviously um, spend what you can. I started for free. Like I, I started YouTube videos when I didn't have money to invest and. You just got to keep going. Just keep going. Keep stay on purpose. And if you're not on purpose, and it probably depends what type of motivation phase you're in. Are you in the, I feel like shit, I'm going to prove to the world that I'm not a piece of shit? Or are you, okay, I know my purpose. I'm inspired by this. I'm going to pursue it relentlessly. And it it just, yeah, it's, once you've got, once you got it, man, it, it you don't stop. Like, I don't see myself stopping. It's like, no one has to motivate me. I, I film I film a lot of content for, for, as you're alluding to, the influencer. I don't use that status. I don't never use that title, by the way. But I do film a lot of content. And I, uh, I filmed one this morning. It was like, how do you overcome procrastination? It's like, for me, that's simple. The need for motivation is a symptom of an uninspired goal. It's like, what are you inspired to do? And then there's like, what's the plan? So clarity, complexity is the enemy of execution. What's the actual execution plan for you to go take action? But then the the beliefs, okay, you're not worthy, you're not enough, you can't do this, you're a fucking loser, whatever shit you've downloaded. Um, so because I'm on purpose, and don't get me wrong, I've still got my limiting beliefs. I still pay coaches. I'm working with a Reiki healer at the moment, which has been fucking phenomenal, actually. So Jessica Ann, for um, anyone that wants to give her a Google search, um, Instagram search. Um, yeah, it's... Once you know your purpose, man, it's like whatever problem pops up, it's like, that's cool. It's like there's no like um, I think Marcus Aurelius or one of the Stoics said, whatever stands in the way becomes the way. Whenever a problem comes up, that's where we're going. Okay, that's the problem. What's where's the solution? Do I know how to, or do I need to go source the, the solution somewhere else? Do I need to pay someone? Do I need to read a book? Do I need to listen to a podcast? Like I just built a funnel um, last couple of weeks. I was <laughs> that I don't like like I'm not an admin guy, so building a funnel fucking sucks for me. But I built a funnel. Uh, in about a week and it's like how, how do you integrate the like testimonials onto your um, page or whatever how do you integrate your stripe payment processor it's like that shit doesn't really get me excited by any means but one google or youtube video away i found the answer did it done it's like and that's just a mini example but you just whenever you bump into a problem if you're committed to it and this is probably a good conversation i don't have the ultimate answer for you uh, for your listeners and um, for anyone, but like, when is it time to jump ship? When is it time to go? You know what? This is business. I've, I'm working with a client right now, uh, Becca. If she listens to this, and she owns a therapist. Uh, not therapist, sorry, a pharmacist. Um, she owns a pharmacist in the states, and uh, we've gotten clear on her purpose, and it's around self worth and self love and health. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's like, is this vehicle you're doing 
allowing you to fulfill that? No, like absolutely fucking not. It's completely kind of in the opposite direction, to be honest, to some degree. And, and she's like, well, what the fuck do I do? I've got this business now and my name's on the lease. I'm like, that's fine. Like, I was there. I had fucking three of the fucking things. And it's like, that's fine. You just got to get clear on the vision. Okay, what's the action plan? And you move towards that and you make the decisions of what it is. And by all means, don't just throw away your business. Now, I'm not saying, guys, if you're like, okay, I found my purpose and it's not my business, I'm going to shut my business down. Don't do that. Maybe get it under management. Maybe that's the plan. That's what I've done. Like, that business still pays me every single week. But now I've just got the time freedom to do what the fuck I want. And that's where. I- because it's on purpose, I'm willing to overcome whatever problem comes up. I'm willing to be resourceful. I want to be resourceful. I'm willing to invest. I'm willing to read the books. I'm willing to do whatever it takes because the purpose inspires me. The mission inspires me. And yeah, it's like once you do the purpose process that I do um, to uh, give people like a sort of glimpse into it is once you find your core wound and maybe if the listeners doing it, you can follow along. Think about right now, whatever your biggest core wound is. Maybe you can play along with me, Ryan. So for me, if I was to do that, for me, it's like I picture myself, my young boy, Lewis, who was really scared. He was really hurt. He was really, he felt very unsafe and very, very scared. Like the emotion is scared. And if you actually feel like what was, what was going on for, for that younger version of you? Was it your dad? Was it volatility? Was it anger? Was it your someone saying you're not enough? Your parents saying something and, or whatever it may be, whatever yours is. And you ask yourself, what does that version of you need? What would you do for that version of you? What emotions does that bring up for you? And if you're doing this properly and you do the process properly, which I take people through, it's like generally there's a lot of emotion that comes up. And I love asking it when they're in it because normally there's some tears that come up. I say, great. Do you feel like a fucking coffee right now? Do you need any fucking motivation right now? It's like, you don't. It's like, you will do whatever the fuck it takes. It's like when I picture that, that hurt, young, scared Lewis, it's like, I'll do whatever the fuck it takes to help him because I'm helping him who's out there. I'm, my clients are young, uh, older iterations of me or younger iterations of me, helping them find purpose, helping them do what heal through their shit from their childhood stuff to find their purpose to build a life that they love. So, yeah, that's um, that's a long answer to your question, but I hope it answered your question. I I think all it all it does is reinforce the significance of that work. Right. And, and sometimes it's actually learning how to sit with yourself and how to get to know more of you because entrepreneurs can run on adrenaline and lots of caffeine and have an endless to-do list and work hundred hour weeks and find significance in that. But actually that is them just running away from themselves because they've, they've never stopped to sit or to question, um, why is it that I do what I do? Why am I even doing this? Why am I building this thing, this empire? Why am I dating this person, this this wife? Is it just to appease the the neighbors, the Joneses down the road? And that work is, I think, so liberating because when you get to an intrinsic fuel source, I really believe that um, that's where you find a sense of freedom that very few people ever get to because then if you're actually running on your on your own internal fuel you're not swayed by whether clients leave or not there might be an initial emotional reaction perhaps when a contract doesn't go through or a deal isn't closed or you know there's some challenge there's there might be a relationship breakdown but it doesn't sway you from 
what you are really tapped into. And it's easier, like, you, you know, you mentioned um, the, the, the Stoics, right? Like, it's easy to put the blinders on and then just focus on, cool, this is where I'm going. Uh, everything that could be perceived as a problem is the challenge in the way. And that's just the thing that I have to overcome. And I asked for these problems. I asked God, the higher power, okay, cool. Help me step into what I'm called here to do. That's impact, more income, more influence. And you have asked yourself to be on the stage or to have influence over hundreds of thousands of people or to write the book. Comes with a price. All the challenges that you're experiencing, the constraints in your business, the questioning, the crossroads, you've asked for that. Sometimes we forget that what we're experiencing sometimes is growth, is what we long ago prayed for that we're experiencing now. And life's always on the way, not in the way. And yeah, when you ask for something, um, put that intention out into the, the ether, into the, the quantum field we're in, it will present you with everything you need to get there. And until you view it that way, you'll um, you repeat problems until you learn the lesson it's trying to teach you. Like if you don't get, if you don't listen to the pebbles, you get boulders. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, everything. Like um, I, I had a client just before, so saying, hey, look, like transparently, I had a client literally like five minutes before I jumped on this, um, just messaged me, say, hey, look, I'm struggling with your course. Can I cancel? Can I get a refund? And I said, and I, the old me, but oh my god, fuck, my, I'm shit. I'm a shit coach. I suck. So no stress, like, let me connect with you. How, what's going on? I just said, hey, look, what are you struggling with? What are you doing? What, that's, that's feedback for me. Like if my course is the world's best program in the world, she wouldn't be doing that, right? Or, and she might be the one sort of 1% who just, nothing's going to help them and they'll never find a solution to it. But it's like, there's a lesson for me right there. There's, a, there's some growth for me right there. And it's like, great, I could be, let the ego come out and say, fuck you, you're just a shit client. You're, you're just not doing the work. It's like, hey, thanks. What are you struggling with? How can I make this better? How can I improve the experience for you for next time? I might not save them. Hopefully I do. I think I will. But it's like, how can I improve? And that's um, mate, that's everything that you've asked for. You've asked for the million fucking people impacted. You've asked for the billion dollars. You've asked for whatever it may be. Everything will present itself to give you the growth you need for order for you to become the person worthy of having that very thing. Lewis, one last question, mate. What are you most excited for for the next twelve months or the, the the year ahead? I'm sure I know that you know we had this conversation offline about some things going on behind the scenes in prep. What are you most looking forward to? Mate, I guess growth is just a cop out. Um, I've got a really juicy looking calendar next year, so uh, I'm running my first in person event uh, next year, which I'm really really excited for. So. Um, that is January 13th for anyone that's listening to this. If you're on the Gold Coast, you want to come down. Um, so that's, um, that's exciting. So I'm really, that really excites me. Uh, I've done in-person presentations. I've done, I've spoken on stages before, but this is like, I'm, I'm hiring a venue and I'm, it's a full day event rather like I've done like one hour, two hour, three hour little sessions here and there. Um, so I'm really excited to run a full day event. Uh, that really, really inspires me. Uh, I'm fixing my business model, um, to prevent, um, those things happening of that message I just got. So to minimize the chances of those messages come through to just deliver and help and just facilitate the transformational process that, um, that lights me up. Um, I'm writing a book. Well, I'm, I will write a book. I haven't, I've, I've 
kind of started for anyone that's tried to write a book and failed I'm kind of like you write some things and you forget about it and you delay it and you procrastinate it but I will write a book in 2024 I will that is a commitment to myself and to my to my uh, to my mission um Mate, just growth. I've signed up. I just signed up to a mastermind, so I'm excited to grow more there. I'm doing Dr. John D. Martini's f- facilitation training next year, so I'm really excited to go do that. Uh, I've got a couple of courses lined up. I'm getting married as well. I'm getting married next year, so that's um, awesome. That's that makes two of us, mate. There as well. Uh, and <laughs> mate, epic, epic. We're going to be uh, all locked up, mate. So um, excited for that. Um, excited for to be a dad. That's um, I'm really excited for that. I had a um, had a realization. I think it was this year, yeah, but midway through this year that I'm ready for kids. Um, so. Yeah, we're we're pretty ready to uh to start start the process as soon as the the uh the wedding happens. So um that probably won't be probably won't be obviously having the kid, but probably uh probably be in the process of that next year. So that really excites me as well. So and mate, just mate, helping people, making content. I'm gonna make a fuckload of content as I always do. So if people that want some content, come come jump on it. Um, but yeah, mate, that's what excites me for next year. Lewis, thank you so much. My goodness, there is like. My editing team is going to have fun trying to chop all of this up into little nuggets of gold. Um, I just appreciate your heart because so much of what you just said, I'm like sitting here. There's no no coincidence we just connected and have had these beautiful conversations over the last month, but um, in so much resonance with what you have shared uh, about where business owners and, and entrepreneurs can really find direction and clarity for their life moving forward around purpose and then finding that fuel source ends up opening up gosh possibilities that you probably can't even imagine for yourself when you're really lit up um the my favorite quote in the world is the quote by marion williamson you know our deepest fear is not we're inadequate our deepest fears were powerful beyond measure and goes on and it's like our presence automatically liberates others you know as we liberated from our own fears yeah. And so when you're when you're lit up and turned on in life, you just become so magnetic for other people. You become a permission slip. You become a walking, talking billboard for what's possible. And I think you just gave everyone listening a glimpse of that with your own journey. So thank you so much. For those who are listening, um, where's the best place to hang out with you? Uh, Matt, YouTube. Um is uh, my long-form content. I do have a podcast, mate, and you'll be jumping on mine very soon, Ryan, by the way. So looking forward to yeah. hearing, flipping the flipping the microphone around. Uh, so YouTube, if you guys want to dive into my, my long-form content. Uh, Instagram, if you genuinely want to have a chat. So I respond to all of my DMs personally on Instagram. So if you want to actually come have a chat, Instagram's there. I'm on TikTok. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, but um, my VAs generally post on there. So if you generally want to have a chat um, and connect with me personally, um, yeah, Instagram is probably the best place. Find me, Lewis Huckstep, just spelled uh, that that way. Beautiful. Thank you so much, mate. I'll make sure to link to all of your social channels down below in the podcast description. Guys, thank you so much for listening along today. And if you love this episode, we'd be so grateful for you to share with your friends and your network. Lewis, thank you again so much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure. That wraps up our business today. And if you loved what you heard, I'd ask that you share it with friends, leave a review and tag me at it's Ryan Drake with hashtag behind the business or jump into the Facebook group to score all of the resources from today's episode. And until next time, wishing you peace and profits. Keep building. Ciao for now.